Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Issues program. I'm Phil, the Issues Guy. Now, this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Now, next week, which is actually Halloween, the day I do the show live, I will not be able to do a show. So there will be no new show next week because my rock band is playing a gig out in Salem, Massachusetts out in the afternoon and we need to go real early and stay real late to be able to get in and out of Salem because it is Crackville, USA on Halloween. I don't mind all the tourism, but I get kind of sick of it by this time of year and I avoid Salem the entire month of October, but it is impossible this year because my band will be playing. By the way, everybody, this is the Issues Program. You can check out all the web episodes, not all the web episodes, all the podcasts at the website at issuesprogram.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at I Get Issues Man or find me on YouTube under Phil the Issues Guy. So it's a little different. I'm not even sitting at the studio. I'm sitting on my couch, leaning back with the microphone in my hand with this big, long, like 80-foot wire over to my couch so I can sit on the couch and watch a Halloween special. And I'm going to do a commentary of one of my favorite Halloween specials. If any of you have not done one of these commentary casts before with me, this is how you got to do it. You got to go out and find the one and only Great Pumpkin episode of the Peanuts special and get it ready at timestamp 00000000. And we're going to start this episode and we're going to watch it together. That's right. We're going to watch it together. And I'm going to comment on how I feel about it. I might do another episode of something afterwards. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> but initially, first off, here we go. It is The Great Pumpkin by Charlie Brown. This is just to get me 24, 48 hours away so I can get Batman Arkham Origins and be Batman for a while. So be careful, cat. Don't hit the Wii U. Here we go. One, two, three. Start it! We see Linus and Lucy walking through the trees on a beautiful Halloween night. I always wondered where the Peanuts' main location was, where they based out of. You do, see, you do see the winter and the fall, so I used to always like to think it was based around Massachusetts, but I don't think it is. I'm sure I could find that information. Yeah, Cat, you like the Great Pumpkin? Now, Halloween as a kid is an amazing holiday. It's It's... It is fun as an adult as well, but as a kid, in some ways, your whole year is based around Halloween, or at least it was for me. It was just such an intense night. Partially about getting all the candy. The other part about staying away from all the dangerous kids that have the serious shaving cream <laughs> and eggs that will attack you. That you'll be friends with them all year round, but on Halloween, it turns into dog eat dog. Oh, yeah, Lucy's stabbing up that. Oh, look at her. She works a little bit too well with that knife. New horror movie starring Lucy as the killer. Now we see one of the more famous clips. All the kids run, running around in, in the ghost and witch costumes, getting scared. And stuff like this and, like, the tunnel in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, stuff like that freaked me out as a kid. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. How about you guys? Did any of you guys refer to the Peanuts cartoons as Snoopy as a kid? That's what I, I used to call them the Snoopy cartoons. And later found out that they were called Charlie Brown or the Peanuts. For me as a kid, it was all about Snoopy. Giant piles of leaves. I used to... 
I used to love jumping in piles of leaves until one too many times of jumping in and landing in dog poo. And there goes Linus all into the leaves. Now, poor Charlie Brown, bald kid. It's like a, such a young age. A Larry David George Costanza of cartoon characters. <laughs> Lucy is such a psycho. But again, it's very apropos of how childhood really is sometimes with... With you have that one bully girl that just beats up on all the more passive boys. Not that that ever happened to me. Okay, it happened to me. Poor Charlie Brown. Another thing about Charlie Brown that we don't know is... If Lucy had actually let him kick the ball, he probably could have been one of the great field goal kickers of our time. Whoops. No, I screwed that up a little bit. I paused it a bit. But basically the scene was saying that, and I agree, Linus believes in the Great Pumpkin. Everyone else believes in that, in that giant elf with a <laughs> Snoopy. Poor Linus. Oh, all you kids write letters to a stupid big fat elf with a white beard. Give me a break. Or a bunny. Always believe, people. If you know something in your heart, always believe. Sure he does. Now I'm laughing at him. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure this has been done in some sort of cartoon. But there should be a Peanuts uh, teenage years. <laughs> Where obviously Lucy and Charlie Brown are married or a hot couple. Linus is secretly dating Lucy. Pigpen and Schroeder start a band. That Snoopy fronts. And a Timmy like singing like And Peppermint Patty eats lots of pies. Poor Charlie Brown. She's such an idiot. She's so mean to him. Why don't you just get it over with and sleep with Charlie Brown, Lucy? The sexual tension on this episode. 
episode is intense. Ah, uh, the cutting a sheet and turning yourself into a ghost. What everybody thinks is a good costume until you take the sheets, the wrong type of sheets from your parents, and you end up rooting the silk sheets. Again, not like that happened to me. Okay, it happened to me. But they told me, they, they're like, just take sheets and make your costume. We don't want to get you a costume this year. So uh, they didn't tell me what sheets. That's a scary witch. Oh, Sally, not Lucy. I have to admit, it's been a long time since I watched a Peanuts cartoon. Or at least a classic one. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, poor Charlie Brown. Oh, pig pen. That was me as a kid. I was probably a cross between Charlie Brown and pig pen. Yeah, it's so funny that Lucy's a witch. I think, and I mean, I'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but I believe there's no other Halloween special you can really compare to this. It's different than some other holidays. Linus. And this makes me think a little bit of the slutty pumpkin episode of How I Met Your Mother. And I think obviously they use the Peanuts cartoon as a starting point, as an inspirational point to write that episode. Aw, no one believes in the story of the Great Pumpkin. Poor Linus. Where's Linus's blanket this episode? Seriously, I'm not joking. Where's his blanket this episode? I think every... Oh, there it is. There it is. I think everybody wanted, or at least everyone I knew, wanted a blanket or some sort of thing like that. Or in the movies, everybody always has a favorite toy. You know, that one toy that they can't get enough of. I guess as a kid, I didn't really have a favorite toy. Maybe I had a, a little plastic whale I used to bathe with, but I ended up eating it, or at least chewing it up. I guess this is the stuff that went over my head as a kid. The looking at the world, the, the more lighthearted emotional stuff that goes on in Charlie Brown cartoons that separates it from... Watching basic Disney cartoons or Warner Brothers stuff or Tom and Jerry, Flintstones, Jetsons. Hannah M. Barbera. <laughs> Charlie Brown always had that, that something different about it. And as a kid, I didn't know what it was. But looking back at an adult, it's that schmaltziness, that theater, that theater feel to it. like scenes going in and out of each other and a bigger storyline where for the most part I mean there were some Disney cartoons that were longer stories but they were but it wasn't exactly like this <laughs> like this whole bit where Charlie Brown just keeps getting rocks 
Oh, one of the most famous uh, Snoopy scenes ever right here. To the point that a lot of Snoopy toys, you couldn't get just a regular Snoopy toy. You got you got Snoopy with this outfit on. The most popular one of those little action figure things, the little plastic ones, similar to what the Smurf toys were originally. They had Peanuts ones, and it was a Snoopy on top of... On top of his house doing this with Woodstock was there as well. <laughs> and see, again, like serious social commentary type stuff here. And as a kid watching this, this, I, this was really intense. Snoopy symbolizing all the talents of the silent movie stars. Of course, of course occasionally he grunts or makes some basic noises, but for the most part... Snoopy's touch to the whole peanut scene is being the Buster Keaton of it all. Have a weird cut there. <laughs> the imagination, even in a dog. And I guess in the scheme of reality of the show, how much of these adventures we see Snoopy go on are in Charlie Brown's imagination, which, again, if we extend it on to what eventually happens, does Charlie Brown turn into the author of all these things that we're watching? Is it a big sphere? I don't know. And see the hand-drawn background in the sky. Again, things like that aren't stuff I noticed as a kid. To me as a kid, this seemed like I was watching real life. I remember getting so emotionally invested watching the times, like feeling like Linus. As a kid, I thought I could travel in time. That was my thing. I thought I found these woods that took me through a magic place in time. Charlie Brown's going to get all the girls in college. Such a poor kid. I mean, why is he a kid and bald anyway? Like, who knows? He could be sick, and they're all picking on him. It's not nice. And Snoopy on a giant adventure to God knows where, doing God knows what. Going to be the lover of a French madam or something. <laughs> it's such simple animation, but it's so effective. <laughs> Big mouth. 
And, and then again, we have to get... I always forget about this social interaction. The Lucy and Snoopy love affair. And I also wanted one of these little mini pianos when I was a kid, too, because of the show. But, alas, I don't have any musical ability in that fashion. And it's worth mentioning that I think I was talking about that magic that Peanuts comics had as when you were a kid. It was something like, we don't really have anything like that nowadays. It was those few times a year when it was a holiday and it would be special. Your regular television program would be preempted and you would get Peanuts cartoons. You get a Garfield and a Peanuts. And it was really intense. I mean, you'd look for as a kid, you'd look forward to those all year long. It's not like now where you can watch any of that stuff anytime you want. But the music really made a huge difference. The fact it was all in some ways piano music or emotional music that added again some of that schmaltzy nostalgic feeling. And realizing that to entertain kids, you don't have to automatically go to slapstick silliness or complete goofiness. You can actually work at their emotions. It helps build better, round, more rounded individuals. But I will get off my soapbox and keep watching the Great Pumpkin. Oh, the Great Pumpkin's coming. Snoopy's the Great Pumpkin? No, but you stayed with the boy you liked. <laughs> Snoopy. In the last couple of weeks, I've met three different dogs named Snoopy. None of them beagles. Oh, leave him alone. Been hanging out with Lucy too much. <laughs> Very accurate. Don't stand in the way of anybody in their candy. Man, woman, or beast. Oh, great pumpkin. Just show up and give the kid a break. What time's that say? 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, the parents just don't care. Let their four-year-old or five-year-old be outside at 6 a.m. No, let the kid go back out. He's going to miss the great pumpkin. 
Oh, Lucy does care. Oh, poor Charlie Brown. Oh, poor kid. And I remember watching this and being really upset that the Great Pumpkin did not show up. But again, that's what the Peanuts cartoons were all about. They were all about showing the magic of childhood in your own world, but also being reminded that you're in a completely different world than the adult world. Hence the wah, 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 wah. It wasn't just because you don't hear what your parents are saying or you hear what your teachers are saying. It's also to, in the same way of symbolizing just a different language. Klingon versus American. <laughs> Klingon versus American. So that was the commentary of the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So take a look at that. And I think... There aren't really any other Halloween specials that stand out to me or that have a lot of meaning to me. I mean, maybe there's a Garfield one that I'm not remembering. But it's it's unlike Christmas, which probably has like 20 different movies. 15 at least. At least five. <laughs> I keep taking it down a number. But there's a lot of movies about Christmas or a lot of specials about Christmas that people keep watching over and over again to mean a lot. I would say this special right here is the thing that gets me more into the Halloween mindset than anything else. Even though the Charlie Brown special is the best and there's no use comparing it, I mentioned I mentioned a little while ago how How I Met Your Mother also did a Halloween special that I appreciate, which is in some ways based on the it's a the Charlie Brown special. So I figured why not just to cut cap off this commentary episode of the issues program get on this on this get on the slutty pumpkin now it's from season one episode six of how i met your mother if you have netflix it is on netflix it's not won't be as difficult to find as the charlie brown special so cue your netflix up to zero 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 apostrophe t and get ready at the count of three everybody we're doing it at three one Two, three, play! <laughs> we haven't watched How I Met Your Brother before. We got Bob Saget. <laughs> Too cool. Now, How I Met Your Mother is a really awesome show if you haven't got a chance to take a look at it, especially at the beginning. Uh, Recent seasons are good, but they're a little bit more hit or miss. You had Neil Patrick Harris kind of at his best. You have Jason Segal in a lot of it. So, I mean, he's a main character. So if you're a fan of his at all in some of the, the Muppets or in the Judd Apatow movies, he pops up and it's really good to good to see him. Or in Freaks and Geeks. Not freaks and geeks, uh, undeclared, excuse me. It's good to see him in such a big, meaty role. Then also you have the Banchick girl from Buffy over there. Hannigan, Allison Hannigan. And then Josh Radner, Ted, and Colby Smothers as Robin fill out the cast pretty well. I mean, I think they're both really, really good and they have great chemistry with the rest of them, but... What makes the show completely entertaining for me is is really Jason Segel and Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. 
Exactly. Instead of the great pumpkin, the slutty pumpkin. Kalui and root bear. <laughs> it is funny when some of your friends have tell the same stories over and over again and you can just kind of cut them off. Jason's a gal dressed as Cher. It's hot. Oh, share. <laughs> uh oh. Back in the day before cell phones, you know, depend on writing stuff on little pieces of paper. <laughs> now the episode doesn't directly follow what the Charlie Brown special the main the main thing that makes comparison is Ted's situation is Ted trying to find the slutty pumpkin and his situation he ends up in at the end of the episode Now, for most of the, <laughs> for the most part, Lily and Marshall in the first half of the season or throughout the show symbolize the quote-unquote perfect couple. <laughs> and oh no yes <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris says Iceman <laughs> I fucking love Neil Patrick Harris. this is one of the things that if you watch how i met your mother now you'll see 
Robin was a lot different at the beginning than she ended up being at the end. She was someone that just didn't give a shit, wasn't into relationships at all, said she'd never get married, had tons of dogs. And this episode's a side story about her making a real meeting a really nice guy and she's not willing to commit. <laughs> Goes vertical on a bottle. Now, this is difficult in any situation. If you're at the beginning of a relationship and you go out with a couple that's been together forever, you just look bad in comparison. <laughs> Poor guy. He's really trying. <laughs> Marshall wins dinner tonight. But this is kind of annoying to, for this guy, too. Like... Leave, leave her alone. Let her just eat her fucking food. <laughs> oh, Lily. Good girl. But still, if eating is one of those things, I don't care. If you're... If you have certain eating habits or certain ways that make you feel more comfortable when you eat, we're all fucking animals when it comes down to it. We all need to protect our food in some ways, or we might feel uncomfortable eating in front of large groups of people. I don't know, whatever. Maybe you burp a lot when you eat. That's my problem. I, I can't help burping. And every time I go out to a restaurant, I fuck up and I start burping everywhere. I don't want to. I don't want to be that rude. I don't want to be that guy, but I can't help it. <laughs> but again, like Linus, Ted believes. See, yeah, this characteristic of Robin, that she wasn't into coupley stuff, that she didn't have didn't have connections with anybody. She was so focused on her career that she wasn't focused on anything else. I mean, you could say that through the series of events that happened in her life, it changed her into the person she is at the end. But to me, it seems a little different. It seems like they didn't know what to do with her at the beginning because they weren't because at first maybe she was supposed to just be a 
a small time, you know, Ted's first girlfriend in the long line of all the girls that were going to be on the show with Ted. And in the same way that Aaron Paul on Breaking Bad was just too good with the cast that they just had to make her a bigger part of the show. And they had to kind of design her character on the fly compared to the other people who are basically who they are. Barney shows up at the party with an alternate costume. Such a good idea. And this is at the beginning, so we don't really know Barney. Barney seems like just as cold and calculated as 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 surface, but we learn later in the series he's much more caring. A lot of people might. <laughs> I love the angel devil thing. <laughs> but some people are like, why is he even there? Why does he just go to the Victoria's Secret party? He needs a wingman. He wants a wingman. And he'd much rather be there with Ted than anybody else. He loves his friends more than anything. But that's one of those things that, again, I agree. Like, why share a dessert like that? And why try to be someone you're not? Someone isn't someone that's a touchy-feely type person. Then they should just be allowed to not be that kind of person. If there's someone that likes to be touched or whatever, people can figure out their own limits in a relationship and when they need to stretch to suit the other person. <laughs> Good try, Doogie. <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris got this part of the show. A, a lot to do with his Harold and Kumar part because it broke type of what everyone thought of from Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> now this one I kind of agree with her <laughs> I mean I agree with him on this one um, I, be, I was on Robin's side until now and then she starts being a real asshole with the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Robin's horrible. That thing at the end, again, that's where I'm on his side. But up until then, just not wanting to take a bite of someone else's food. Not wanting to be touchy-feely in public. I don't blame Bloom here for that stuff. Bloom her? I don't blame her for that stuff. <laughs> now I kind of, I kind of treaded over the a part right there where he starts to get a little bit emotional, like Linus. You just gotta believe when you believe in something. Oh, poor Robin. Then, 
could this be? Could this be the slutty pumpkin? I think it might be. We do eventually meet the slutty pumpkin. Could it be tonight? Are you the slutty pumpkin? He was Iceman. <laughs> I'm sorry, a lot of this episode is necessarily me commenting on it. It's just me laughing because I just love this episode so much. And again, it's giving me, making me, putting me in that Halloween feel. Fuck you, Robin. No, you're not. One day you'll marry Barney. <laughs> I have sex with my parrot all the time. Well, amazing. Not a cell phone, an actual camera. Who carries around a camera these days? This is one of those contradictions that happens on the show. She mentions she mentions at one point in the show, I can't remember if it's before or after this, that she's play that she plays field hockey. Played field hockey. <laughs> the lead up early on where you get a feeling that Robin may be the mother. Even though they refer to her, Saget refers to her as Aunt Robin at the beginning. And that's the difference. And again, like Linus, Ted never gives up. He just sits there waiting for the slutty pumpkin. I kept expecting her to do that. And here she gives him the blankie, just like Linus, cuddling up in the blankie. But unlike Linus's girl, Robin actually stays there with him. And eventually in this season, they hook up and date for a while. And the slutty pumpkin, what comes of her? 
later on in the series, we do finally meet the slutty pumpkin. And the slutty pumpkin is none other than Joey Potter, Katie Holmes. And she ends up being a nutcase. So it shows that even if you're going to the center of the universe to find God, it might end up being just being some alien that's stuck there that just wants to steal your spaceship. And then William Shatner might have to show up and go, what does God need with a spaceship? What does God need with a spaceship? <laughs> Starship, excuse me. Thank you, Starship. So... So that was the Charlie Brown Halloween special, The Great Pumpkin, and the Slutty Pumpkin commentaries. Brought to you for a very special Halloween special. So that was the Slutty Pumpkin, and previous to that was the Charlie Brown Great Pumpkin Halloween special. So everybody, I'd like to thank you for tuning into this week's Issues program. I'll be back in two weeks with a new live Issues program. And keep an eye out for the Couch Masters. And you can follow me on Twitter at IGotIssuesMan. Check out all my past podcasts and news articles at IssuesProgram.com. Check out my friends at the B3, Electric Sisterhood, B Gargo, all those fun folks. You can hear a little promo at the end of this video. Check that out as well. Thank you, everybody. And if you're in Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween, come on down to Artist Row and check out my band. We'll be playing at about 4 o'clock. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week and a happy Halloween. Get ready to get your nerd on. Kick the week off right with games, gadgets, and general geekery from the ladies of the Electric Sisterhood. On Tuesdays, get your pop culture news and reviews with a pure Bostonian perspective on the Boston Bastard Brigade. Geek Aggro is coming at you on Wednesdays to fill what's left of your cerebral cortex with the hottest beats to get you on your feet. Then on Thursdays, you have me, Phil the Issues Guy, presenting the live issues program. It's going down each week only in the land of Ash. Nerdcore at its finest.